This is a bonus episode in which we're going to go over the content of what happened to Korn and her kidnapper during that time frame, while the rest of the group trying to figure out where she has gone. This is the events that follow. A black hood is pulled from underneath your, from your head, revealing a lavish dining room area. A sweet, elvish voice. Ah, well, it's a pleasure to meet you. You look around, there is some Kenku servants, a ten-foot dining table with various foods and fruits, vegetables and meats. A lot of meat. Uh-huh. So, who is the host of this evening? I am Hocktree. Marquis Hocktree. And it is, oh, such a pleasure to finally meet you. That's what I was saying. I've been looking very forward. Ever since my father mentioned that the King Rurok is working with one of your kind, the blood of his enemy. I just had to get my hands on you. And what might be your name? It seems that you have me at a disadvantage, knowing somewhat about me. Uh, for now, I will just say... That I'll just give you my stage name as um, Silvermoon. Well then, Silvermoon, and mildly appropriate. Ah, I bet you weren't expecting such a gentleman of a host uh, this evening. Some probably brutes, but either way, do please eat. That mask seems to be rather cumbersome, though. Why don't you take that off? No? All right. I'll do it for you, then. Hmm? Uh, I... I'm a bit, a bit shocked as he's then asking to do it for me. He'll stand up and slowly walk the ten feet towards you. And he'll put uh, a finger on your arm and slowly caress it up to your shoulder and then to your neck, and then with two fingers kind of pinch where the beginning of the mask in your throat meet, and pop it off slowly, and then continue walking around your chair, leaving your mask just slightly out of reach, where you would have to stretch and be improper to get it back. And without looking back, he'll continue. Much better. Now let's get a good look at your face. That is so beautiful, delectable. Your hair, perfectly good stage name, Silvermoon. You are as beautiful as the shattered sky and the shattered reeds. Aren't you awfully bold and flattering? It is, of course, one of my most dearing traits. Mm-hmm. Aren't you afraid of what I am? Afraid? Or... Oh. Uh, inspired, yes. <laughs> to be honest, most people here in Capital and the denizens that 
pay their taxes to it, know very little of what you are. The records here have been scrubbed clean by the king's ancestors, but fortunately there is still some hidden knowledge. I am aware that your race, though very little information's on it, is called uh, the Underground Elves, the Dark Elves, the Drow, or Moiseef. Did you know that Moiseef is abyssal for your race? No, abyssal is not a common language that I speak. Nor should it be, if you wish to keep your head on your shoulders. But... For somebody in my position, I uh, have dabbled in it. Which is rather interesting about that word. It is not the original meaning. Gore God. Jaloth. When she ascended, before her ascension, it meant something different, something more. It's possibly an acronym or. Monogram. But she removed all records of its previous existence and then kept it for the meaning of her children. You. You have demonic blood flowing through you. How's that make you feel? Mm, taking a moment to think to myself uh, well, that would explain the voice that I'm hearing, maybe. He looks slightly taken aback, but recovers rather quickly. Mm. Does that voice it... give you power? Oh, no, no, no. I meant, like, in my head, like, talking to myself. Like, oh, okay. Oh, does he, like, oh, if he heard me, then, like, okay, then I'm more scared of him now. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so then, responding to that, well, since you know much about my race, aren't you afraid that... Uh, even one drow might decide to take your noble head off. Actually, and embrace the god creators that harbinge our souls? No. To die for your god is a noble cause, and I worship the same one that created you. And in fact, I find it a pity that after so many generations of your kind, that you lack the power that once was being wielded in ancient time. So, which kind of brings me to the dinner. Please eat, I beg you. You're going to need your strength for what I have planned. And he'll pick up an apple. And as he says uh, the word plan, it will dissolve into a, sl uh, a sludge-like rotten core. Uh, not to self. Be careful of where he touches me. Oh. I, um, I'm assuming I'm not at all armed with any of my uh, weapons. No. Mm -hmm. so there am are I still... A, am I... As you look I... around, there is somebody that is uh, armed, right? Mm -hmm. A Yanti blood who seems to have your stuff. 
Uh huh. Um, am I wearing uh, the same clothes that I uh, was wearing a few days ago, or am I wearing something different? Uh, you're wearing the same clothes as you were earlier that day when you got captured. Mm hmm. Well, as I look over, I uh, wave to, I'm assuming, one of the Kenku servants for wine. They'll approach him with Octopus voice. What can I get you? Right, Kenku. Uh, a wine. Red, preferably. Uh, I think we will bring you back some blood wine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I then uh, slowly um, start to go through um, grabbing um, uh, the knife and fork and just start working my way, um, starting to eat um, any uh, red meats, any uh, freshly um, cut pieces of fruit or vegetables. And checking around the room, seeing, uh, trying to figure this guy out as to what is his plans are. Because I highly doubt he came, that he would bother to kidnap me just to poison me. Right. So while you're eating, he will continue on speaking. It was quite difficult to find the appropriate leverage to get you to come to my house. I gave you a proper invitation, y'all. But that is behind us now. Here you are, and I'm sure you're wondering what occasion would I want to bring a being like yourself here. Hmm. Yes, I did receive the lever letter, unfortunately. I was uh, rather busy in the Shalma with certain affairs. So I couldn't exactly make it to uh, your estate. Then again, when I asked around, uh, not many of the other noblemen within the Blue District uh, would bother to give me an answer. How rude of them. And they call themselves gentlemen of the sport. Now, uh, do you have a lover? Drow culture teaches us not to love. It's just another weakness to be stabbed at. Then that is wonderful. Then I don't have to worry about other affairs. Which brings me to my proposition. I wish to use some demonic resources that I've gathered. Some organs of a being of power from the abyss and implant them into you. You can do this willingly or by force. Alternatively, you could any kind of looks ravage towards you bear my child i believe the bloodline would make a daughter oh so powerful 
Unfortunately, the operation and the childbirth would not be able to work together, or I would have both. So, in all fairness, I will let you choose. Corin takes a moment to sip at her wine, thinking about uh, how crazy of a proposition he's off asking. Not liking either or options. She sets the wine glass down. I would not much rather prefer the operation, especially since I have no idea what kind of side effects it may have. So I don't wish to be an experiment. However, wouldn't your uh, kinsman or um, my liege, ma your my... mother or father, have certain objections of mixing bloods of our na of our um, race? Fun thing about this iron grasp of a law is that the harder and tighter Gruark and his factions squeeze the more that slips by and my father who is on the council well I don't need their approval I am after all their greatest disappointment this household is a bit of a sanctuary for those who in like-mindedness gather together in the king's rebellious nature Nothing too serious, no murder or, well, there was one time, but. Mm. Interesting. Though, the other um, resistance, you would say, you might find a more cozier acquaintance with uh, the mother in the south that is over uh, I believe her name is Rochelle interesting I was told that you guys were being used as spies for her so that is true however she doesn't take my fancy I prefer the silver hair and the ebony skin of a Moisia. Mm -hmm. However, I am unfortunately unable to leave this household for my crimes against the light and the gods. There is however a bit of fun that me and my friends have see on a weekly basis we incentivize a group of adventurers or poor unfortunate souls to come looking for their friends just like yours will here shortly the reason for it they're not my friends 
I owe them no allegiance, no nothing. Fine. But they owe you. <laughs> That's how they'll feel. And I will exploit that. They will come here trying to murder their way through to get to you for whatever reason, as they should, as is proper. And in doing so, I will probably kill them. And I will enjoy every bit of it. You see, about a hundred years ago, this estate, my father's estate at the time, was broken into by a group of adventurers looking to plunder our wealth, and some of it being sentimental in value. So, a fight ensued, and I had to fight for my life. It was the most thrilling thing I've ever done. Not at the moment, but afterwards. After tasting victory, knowing what it's like to fight for your life. I needed more, but legally I can't do anything. Hence why we take volunteers to come inside, and your friends are the next batch of entertainment for my guests. They will come in here, looting and stealing, breaking the law, and then I will be obligated to take back what's mine and take vengeance on them. Though, don't think that I'm without mercy. Should they plead for their life, I will give it. I might strip everything that they have and take it for myself, as is my right. But should they keep fighting long past their inevitable doom, I will give them their warrior's death. Then your guests will be disappointed. They will not come for me. I am a sellsword, but that is quite the interesting entertainment that you provide. I am rather curious. In my culture, someone that would disrespect or disturbed the law would have been executed. Why haven't you been? An enemy with a purpose has become a tool. Yes, you're right. The king should have executed me. However, my great privilege is that I am banished to this household of mine, seeing how difficult it would be for Templars to even break in. But in exchange, should somebody need to go missing, they have the perfect place to hide a body now. Mm-hmm. Here, we're going to be expecting some guests. Would you like to join me in the foyer? You might Maybe. want your mask back on. Mm-hmm. Are these guests also of nobility? Oh, I'm expecting so. Well, then you could have at least offered a lady a nice dress to change into, as opposed to uh, someone dressed up in nothing but rags. He will look at uh, a grandfather clock made 
uh, by an artisan. I suppose we have time. And if not, prestidigitation will always work. Hmm. I take it you would like some privacy. Yeah, most definitely. He, Hawktree will click his tongue and chirp a little bit, and uh, one of the kenkus will uh, proffer you a hand rag to wipe your hands, and is looking like he's going to escort you. And in that kenku's voice of Hawktree, please, ma'am, come with me. Very well, I follow the Kenku. You walk through a kitchen room and mm. into a uh, master bedroom looking area. Uh, seldom looking used. And mm -hmm. in here there is a wardrobe with various forms of clothing. For men and women. Mm-hmm. I look around. Um, is the Kenku still in the room with me? Yes, it doesn't leave you. Uh, I look around to see if there's any other doors or windows out of this room. Windows, no, but the door, yes. On the north wall, there is a door. You came in through the west door. All right, I would like to check that room. As you open the door, the other room uh, as you open the door it is a barren hole that just goes forever deep as far as you can see with a small ledge around the room mm -hmm. and I can't see past 120 feet down that hole yeah it looks uh like this room collapsed and then is there a nights is there a, a nightstand with a candle lamp that I could like toss down and like see like if I can hear an echo as it like falls or sure. you want to grab uh, a uh, okay. a dishwater and toss it down yep as you go to throw it uh, it falls down about 30, 60 feet, and then disappears. You had eyes on it, and then it just simply disappeared. Well, I don't think that's my exit. As I shut the door and start uh, looking through the clothing and stuff. Most of the clothing seems to be royal purple gold, garish red, forest green with brown uh, woven into it. Okay. Um, I try to find something that accommodates uh, well with my mask as I take a, um, a dark purplish golden uh, dress um, that's for the most that is fully covered with that's probably about that's got long sleeves and everything and find a pair of white gloves to cover up my fingers 
while you're rummaging through, you come across five or six other masquerades. A bear, a wolf, mm -hmm. uh, a raven-like bird, or even a, another one that, like a kenku face. Um, a fish out of water gasping for air. There's a face similar to that of a drow one, of a dwarf one, of a human female. Mm. I think I'll just stick with the mask that I am most familiar with. When you look through those, you do remember from the card game that you played back two weeks now. Mm -hmm. These masks are symbols of the cards of suits in the deck of cards. Uh, well, in that case, I will pick the one with the raven then. All right. Did you want to describe what you wear for your dress? Mm. It's, a rather, you... it's a rather uh, long, elegant dress uh, that's m mostly of purple with uh, golden trimmings uh, with a little bit of white. I make sure to cover up as much of the skin as I can possible, only leaving my silver hair noticeable. And a little brooch to pin it up. Mm-hmm. As you are escorted back to the dining, Hawktree is uh, finishing up his supper and wipes his mouth with a napkin. Come. We will be expecting them here shortly. If not, they are already expecting us from what I'm getting. You look marvelous, by the way, my dear. Mm-hmm. And he'll escort you through some hallways, some statues with gem eyes. They seem to glisten as you walk by. And he opens a door to the foyer. And in front, impatiently standing, is a dwarven woman. <laughs> Octree, you bastard. You take your sweet so time. Now, I have three slaves I'm willing to sell you to whatever your purposes may be. I need them to disappear. Are you fine with set arrangements as usual? And she'll stop herself as she realizes that you are behind him. Oh, and we have one of your local guests here. Uh, Raven, wonderful. Having a party already, isn't it a little too soon? No one is too soon for the party. This is just a fling, you might say. Don't worry about her. She is marvelous at what she does. Yes, I would gladly take. What do we have here? A well-established orc. I could always use one. The orc looks like he's been beaten in 
uh, whipped and uh, looks like he's accustomed to heavy burdens. Mm-hmm. The other one is a Goliath and the third is a Dragonborn. Uh, the Dragonborn looks interesting, but I don't have any use for a Goliath, but if you wish... Tack on an extra 200 and I will uh, take them off your hands. The others all look like perfect specimens for my experimentations. So glad to see that you are here in person. Normally you send one of your people. What's the occasion? Well, these must be very, very important people. Which one is it that you're trying to uh, persuade that I keep? And she will put her head up in the air, kind of uh, of distaste for the activities that she's being forced to do. None of your business, I just need them out of my hair for the time being. I've got money to make. Time is money, and this is a waste of it, but the necessary one. Take care, Hawktree. May I never see you again, or at least for another hundred years, and she will see her way out and get to the door, and she tries to open it, and sighs. Uh, and another man uh, will, a suit of armor, will actually come walk over and help her open the uh, door. She'll see herself out, and the suit of armor will go back into its place. You see... Oh, hold on. Natrim, please escort them to the dungeons and the Yanti will uh, escort them uh, through a secret passageway uh, behind the stairs. Do I recognize the Yanti? He was there when he picked you up from your performance. He wasn't one of the fancy noblemen, but he was inside the carriage uh, when you uh, got in. Mm -hmm. He was there and uh, pacified you. You looked into his eyes, and then the next thing you noticed, you were here. Mm. See, I'm a man of science, practicality, of arcane arts and deep knowledge. Occasionally, the noblemen of this city give me their horribles. I get to do as I wish with them, and rather being barbaric and scrumptious with pedophilic and other abominations, I prefer to progress our knowledge. And over the years I have been getting bolder with what I can do. For them, a dragonborn his scales will be ripped off of his skin and turned into a potion. I believe I can actually make a potion of true polymorph into a dragon. However, previous experiments have not gone so well, and it has not gone well for the, the volunteers. For you, I am certain that if you wish to receive the organs of a greater demon, your demonic blood would only accept and gain additional power, but I am definitely willing to take you up on your offer on bearing a child. Mm. 
I haven't quite accepted uh, your offer of bearing your child, though I am absolutely in disgust of the operation of the de demon-infested organs inside of me. Well, would you like to go for either a walk or watch a, well, a program? Uh, a construct that takes images and displays it on a wall for people to see. I have quite the garden, and I have a collection of memories taken from a number of people. Hmm. I'd much rather take a walk outside into the garden for a bit of fresh air. So while walking in the gardens, you can see a bunch of willow trees and various uh, hedges that are misshapen. It's more Kenku uh, trimming and deliberately making this the grounds as unappealing as possible without going too far. Kind of a an order to its chaos. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tell me yourself. Uh, before that, um, I look around and, like, look around the outsides of the uh, garden to see if there are any uh, stone walls around this manor. Trying to guess as to, like, how far they would be and try to assume, like, if I could probably climb over them or make my escape. There are no walls that you can see other than uh, decorative barriers but off in the distance is a cloud bank that just keeps the area very shrouded you have seen this piece of property off in the distance before when you came to inspect and you could see the manor now you are completely covered in a cloud dome of gloom and depression and can't make heads or tails where any form of exit would be. Hmm. Can I look up at the stars or in the moonlight? You can't even tell what type of day it is, and no, there is no uh, uh, distinguishing features. Gotcha. Alright. Well, as I said before, I am a sellsword and a performer, offering my voice. Though I am quite curious. You said that um, I, my race is the king's enemy. Aren't you afraid that I am not such, such an enemy of his? Rather a spy for my people? If only that were true, then maybe your kind would be able to free me from the shackles of my own estates. And what makes you say that it's not true? I've been watching you. Like I said, I have an, an apparatus that allows me to peer into the memories of those past and into those of my own. 
I have scried on you for some time. Hmm. Well then. The things you can do once your arcane abilities are unlocked to its fullest potential are quite astounding. Hence why very few would challenge me to attack my grounds. Everybody who is at my level in life is given a plot of land to make their own. And mm. it is a fortress and maze of death and despair and pleasure to whatever the whims of the wielder in exchange should your armies though i know none of such or their strengths should come bearing down upon capital or if there were ever a rebellion my kind would be called into service and in exchange for our slight freedoms with the law we would crush their efforts. You speak of freedom, yet I'm sure if you were to uh, join forces with Rochelle, you could gain your freedom outside of these hollow walls. Although that would mean turning against your own king. I have already turned against him, however, I do also support him in the barest ways to keep my head on my shoulder, as you said. <laughs> Should Rochelle make her armies, which, by the way, from what I can tell, is very small, but here in a little bit, the king's armies will be attacking hers, and I am looking forward to seeing the outcome. Should she be as powerful as she says, then... Things may change quickly for the king. And if her forces rally those king's forces that end up rallying against him and joining her, make it to my estates or nearby, I will be able to freely leave here without being hunted down by those who are also in the Blue District. They're the only ones that could compete against me. So long as I'm safe here, tucked away, they can't harm me, and I can't harm them. But the moment I leave, I'm vulnerable. Hmm. Then perhaps... Um... So, if you are working for Rochelle, you could give her a bit of a wink for me. And he'll get really close to your ear and try to nibble at it as he says that. And let her know she potentially has an ally in here. Make it worth my wild. I open up a, f a fan and block him. <laughs> You'll chuckle at the uh, at the attempt. Mm -hmm. That being said, my allegiances are always and forever will be to be Jaloth and her children. And he'll even get down to your level. And should you bear my child, my allegiance would always be to our daughter and to yourself, her mother. Blood mm. first, then God, then country. 
Okay. Um, very flattering and tempting. I'm sure that other elven women have fallen to your bewitchery and flattery. Uh, a curse. Even if I don't try to, some women have thrown themselves at me for either wealth or power, both, or the prestige of just being a one-night stand. Some of them have regretted the attempts. Hmm. There is a cemetery nearby. You should take a look at the names of those who have failed me. Well, then, lead the way. This is your home. I am only a guest. So he'll wander through. Mm. Though, if, you're, if, if I were to accept your offer, I may at the very least give you my name. It is Corin. Corin Silverberry Kalarin. You did take. Interesting. The name I expected of a trow, so you took a Spoonafell lineage. Her head would be on a pike. If it Or for your mother, any other, or your own. Because hmm. I didn't, uh, uh, something that I am. And at the same time, I chose the Raven because the last, uh, game of cards brought me luck with, with the Raven. So a gambling woman. Good. Life is boring without chances. You will make it to the grave, and there's about seven uh, tombstones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the tombstones, reading their names, if they are in common or um, elven or, you know, if they're one of the more common... Uh, languages that I could possibly read. Yeah, and one of them is a little harder to make out, but uh, you can uh, get the idea. It would be equivalent of only speaking English and then coming across Jose and be like, yeah, I recognize that type of name style. I still don't know what its translation means, but I do recognize the language. A dwarven name. Hmm. Written in Dwarven, but you can still get the the sense of. Mm -hmm. All right, I look over to uh, Hawk Tree. Am I supposed to know any among these uh, wayward souls? No, no, you wouldn't. This was for me to remind me of my past. I wouldn't expect you to know anyone here. 
Mm-hmm. I did end up killing two adventurers here for sport purposes. It was fitting. Mm-hmm. He'll wave his hand and an image of where they fell in battle will appear. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming, like, out here by the courtyard slash graveyard kind of place, or? Yes. Like, okay. If you're on roll 20, you can actually uh, follow along. Oh. Okay, then. Um, with that being said, tell me, Marquis, you seem to know a lot about me, yet I hardly know anything about you. So why the fascination with my people? That is an excellent question. I feel like I know my God intimately. It makes no sense, but I could swear to you that I'm aware and have met and know Jaloth and her benevolence. Mm-hmm. I, a fraction of me, maybe a portion of my soul which was reincarnated into this body, used to serve her. Maybe I was a drow. Maybe, maybe something more. And that fascinates me. I can't get her out of my head. I know for a fact that she is, unequivocally, the most beautiful creature I had ever have seen. And yet, any time I would try to make an image of her through magical means or artistic measure, I fail to capture the beauty that I see in my mind. Or it's just a fancy, which causes me to dream of something more. And since you are her child, and I adore her, it only makes sense that I would come to love her children as much. You do not speak like most mages. You speak of the bards with your with your flattery and poetry. Are you sure you are not a mage? I am a gentleman, and you are a proper lady, to a degree that is most definitely acceptable. I have courted many. Ah. Uh, Noble women and their priousness is exhausting. Your candor, your way of speaking is refreshing and enjoyable. Am I a bard? No, I am just one who's confident in himself and in his abilities and aware of his own good looking for my age. Again, only 350. Quite middling. 
That being said, if you want, we could talk about my exploration into the scientific arts of surgeries and experimentations and get into the arcane natures. I wouldn't mind, but you don't seem to be the type who would be able to understand, though you could be taught if applied. Hmm. True that I do not understand much of the arcane the way that you do. The way that I understand the arcane is that it flows within me and through me and through other objects. I can almost see the the magic itself within the air itself. And in some ways manipulate it. Would you like to physically see the weave? You can sense its flow, but how would you like to be able to uh, experience it? Hmm. Is he referring to um, detect uh, magic? Or something uh, more? He's referring to... Okay, it's called trucing. Okay. And... I could let you see with your ethereal eyes. How would you like that? Hmm. Though it is true that I can just cast Detect Magic at will, having true seeing would be interesting. Do you use Detect Magic, or have you used Detect Magic thus far in any conversation? Mm, uh, uh, no, only when, uh, what was it, exploring the... Um, Gotcha. Let yeah. me know if you ever do use Detect Magic, because... Yeah. Well, will you accept this gift? And as he says that, your voice also replies, without your will, accept my gift. And he'll take that as an invitation to grant you, and he'll touch you. Uh, he'll touch his wrist, and then touch his eyes, and then touch your eyes. And you can see the grounds around you, the trees, the blossoms. They're blooming and few, like, it is a gorgeous area now. And then the colors begin to vibrate. And around you are strange alienistic creatures, insects, and beasts moving around, passing through objects and various colors, all that, all of the colors seem to be matching to the uh, schools of magic, except for there's a handful of colors you're not familiar with their schools, like black mm -hmm. and clear. There's clearly a clear and uh, I think another one. I'll get to that later. And as you were doing this, you look around and a almost 
personage uh, in the sky looks down at you, and as you're looking around, this creature is moving its many-handed body and fingers and adjusting reality. Uh, as a Kenku in the garden casts a spell to make the plant growth better, it distorts the colors around the tree that was being grown, and this figure will, with a tiny hand, adjust it and untangle it and set it back, and this rippling diffusion on this plane uh, will shimmer. And this creature with many eyes and arms and hands is darting all over the place and speaking softly. Small versions of itself is running around from Hawk Tree to the Kenku in the distance. And you can hear the voice from the uh, from the message. You hear Hawk Tree say, let me show you what can be done. And then the figure runs almost telepathically, uh, tel teleporting over to the creature and whispers in the Kenku's ear, let me show you what can be done. And then disappears. Very beautiful. Is that you're familiar? No, this here is... From what I can only imagine what you're seeing is the weave, the ethereal plane, and that creature is the weaver that weaves reality as we know it. And every time one of my kind and yours and any other who can manipulate the weave, this creature, the weave itself, tries to put back into its natural state, its balance. And it sends and carries our messages to and from our recipients. And if you're close enough to it, you can almost hear what it's saying. Unfortunately, if you're close enough to hear what it's saying, then you're close enough to hear the message without needing the sight. Very interesting. Those who, including myself, are trying to find a way to be able to intercept those messages it would be such an amazing tool to be able to catch sendings and messages from colleagues to competitors to generals and their scouts and captains to their sergeants, the battlefield for trade purposes and for gossip and blackmail, uh, the possibilities are endless. But it is nearly impossible, unless you happen to be there already, to catch said message. And it's rather expensive to be able to do so. I can imagine if such a thing was a commonplace. Uh, such a spell would destroy, destroy whole kingdoms. Well, the king would believe that necromancy would destroy whole kingdoms. However, there is as many applications that provide good as there are evil. Sure, you can raise the dead and can speak to the dead. But imagine that the souls of that who have died to be able to go to court and 
plead their case on, this was my killer. That would be useful. And bringing back the dead that were wrongfully murdered. Let alone, there are a number of healing ac uh, applications and remedies. However, there is always demonic applications at will to decrease one's life and the life of others, to sap it away and to steal it as your own. Interesting. As uh, she's looking around uh, while Trusig is still activated, though I believe that you are the manner of this lord, and you did provide, uh, you are well versed in the magic ways. Yet why um, would a drow allow you to uh, bear labor of your child? After all, only the drow respects strength. Perhaps the demonstration is in order. Well, and he will touch his ear. Send me a potion of extreme greater healing. We're going to need it. And get Thanus over here, too. Five minutes later, a Kenku and a, another um, high elf will walk over. Thanus, could you give my... Me lady, a ward of death, please. And death ward will be placed upon you, and the Kenku will hand Hawktree a greater potion of healing, or a supreme potion of healing. Mm -hmm. And he will then proceed to touch you with a finger. Uh, let's make an attack roll on you. And I'm assuming you're not doing anything about it, so it's going to be at advantage. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to uh, use it on me, but... Uh, you expect him to do anything less? You just provoked him to show you his great strength. True that. I was expecting him to fight off one of his uh, servants or... You know. But, shit. <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah. I'm taken by surprise by the fact that he would attempt to use his such a power such any powerful spell on me as opposed to you know demonstration purposes but okay uh so with a rolling a 12 he has a 23 to hit wow and then let's hold the damage Uh, so for a total of, what, like, 52, uh, necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. Which will drop me to below zero. But Death Ward will stabilize you to one HP. So within one touch, he just touches your forehead, and you fall to the ground, uh, withering. And then the ward 
you can feel your skin pulling back, your muscles decaying, and your bones becoming brittle. And then the magical ward, uh, in the blink of an eye later, will uh, flash off of you. And you can see still in this, uh, being able to see into the ethereal plane, this bluish glow reflect off, and you notice the creature's eye looks down at you and then looks back to another source. Now a tree will, while you're laying down there with your mouth gasping open, pour in the liquid and then close your mouth for you. Um, while I was in the process of dying, um, was I able, um, if I could, um, um, speak through my thoughts to call upon the entity that communicates through me, or communicates to me, I should say. Sure. To you, see. uh, you can try. Mm-hmm. Roll me religion. Sure. Religion. Because there was a moment in time mm. in which you blacked out and your unconsciousness for that second. Man. Um, you reach out to it, and for an unknown period of time, the darkness takes you, your eyes, and you find yourself in a place where you don't exist. You have just about a moment. You can feel your life flowing back into you. What do you say as Hawktree's pouring this liquid into your throat and you start to heal? Um, uh, I speak to, I speak out loud as, you know, within my own mind. Uh, the one that, uh, speaks to me, reveal yourself. What do you want? <laughs> Sibling, I'm aware of your existence at all times, and I know when you enter my realm of nowhere and of nothing. Your presence is a disgusting but necessary abomination. Have you come to a decision? I think it's a time for you to offer up a proposal. There's a gentleman outside offering me much more uh, lucrative and power and wealth than there is that of Rochelle, who also offers me power as well. If you are living within me, or if you are a part of me, then perhaps you should state your case as to why I should abide by your rulings and teachings. I don't reside within you. You found me, which is very, very rare. However, I can send you a disciple. By the way, 
Who is this gentleman? A marquee of some sort. Though he dabbles in dark arts, as it were. I believe his name was Hawktree. Or his family name. By creation, you should kill that monster. And then you wake up with regaining 20 hit points. Uh-huh. As I am somewhat back to myself, I gasp for air. And I thought you were a gentleman, and yet you would strike a lady. Oh, I did not strike you. That was merely a love tap. A seventh level expression of my gratitude. However, by your own philosophy, if you can't handle it, then you don't deserve to live. The teachings of Jaloth are quite rehearsed. Weakness does not abide the right to live. Those who can become taken should be taken. Servants, family members, and your enemies alike. Though there should be a an agreement between family to put first before your enemies. If your family members are weak, then they don't belong. And how am I supposed to determine if you are capable of even bearing children and have the strength to fight for yours than to see it myself firsthand? You wanted to see my strength and I wanted to see yours. It was merely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Please, let me help you out. I take his hand as he uh, helps me up, dusting off any um, dirt or dust on, on my dress. He'll wave off uh, the nearby servants. Mm-hmm. So then, you know that I'm not a spy. What do you know about me? I've known where you've gone, and I've known some conversations you've had with others, and I know of your family members in the South. Personality-wise, you're a bit of a loner, but that's to be expected. Why you're here, how you got here, I do not know. But other than that, I would be more... I'd be most definitely willing to get to know you. Now, uh, between me and you, do you want to take a break on this or call it good? Uh, move on to a different section. What are you trying to get out of this role-playing aspect? Uh, trying to um, get a little bit more info on the guy as to what he knows about me and what um obviously i know more his attentions um at the same time like trying to pry off any information off him that i could use against him 
Um, at the same time, uh, I would like to take him up on his offer, but on my terms. All right. Did you want to role play that, or did you just want to state that? Sure. Let's role play that if you got the time. Uh, I have a small amount of time. Okay. All right. You've seen my garden. Where else would you like to explore? I have an entire mansion that changes its form to my will. If you have something that you want to experience, let me know, and I can set it up. Here I thought you had other guests that you had to entertain, or was the one dwarf the one guest you had for the evening? That was the one guest I was expecting. A bit of a house call for my services. Mm hmm. Hmm. Um, I know you're probably gonna have to like cut and edit this part, but um, I would like to ask, uh, what uh, is it the third day of the week, or is it the, or is it not the third day of the week? to what day of the week it is and, and then minus two days because this is in the past if we yeah. make it the 22nd so this would be the second day mm -hmm. if you want um you can mention that you're willing to do something on the third day mm. uh, i'll probably want to do something later on the third day but since he has me for the night, well then, Hawk Tree. Silverberry. Interesting. You call me by my, you call me by that name and not my uh, proper name. We all wear masks in life. Would you mm -hmm. rather call you Moisef? No. I didn't think so. Though you can uh, call me by my old family name, Colorin. Thank well, you. Then. Well then, since you did take the time to bring me back to life, I believe I do owe you a dance then. I do have two left feet, unfortunately, but I'm willing to make myself a fool for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. There is a ballroom he'll escort you to. Of course, there is. Um, yep. There is a uh, grand piano uh, mm. off in one side and a balcony above where there could be an audience to watch. Mm -hmm. Any particular mooding or setting you would like? Mm. Something a little... Um, 
classical, like an opening to for an entertainment. And I expect you to be the type that's peppy. Oh, interesting. Classical. I feel like you're trying to entertain my wants and desires, and I'm here to entertain yours. How oh, nice of you. Hmm. And uh, I think... I figured since you had two left feet that at the very least your mother or your nanny would, would be able, kind enough to teach you how to dance enough to uh, formal wares and formal evenings and events. Uh, he'll open the door to the foyer and uh, wave over a suit of armor. And it will go to the grand piano and start to play. Mm -hmm. The piano um, is actually playing itself. The suit is there to make it feel more natural, like somebody's actually playing it. I've learned that most people find it uncomfortable that it plays itself. That is a very interesting talent. Though I personally would rather... Uh, one uh, interesting talent that I would much would like to learn how to have an, your own instrument play for yourself. Simple. I actually could teach you that maybe now, maybe later. All right. Um, um, as we're like, as he's been like escorting me throughout his place, do I have a rough idea of an idea of like how his layout is or it's or because of like how he's manipulating things like everything seems like um like the layout constantly changes by his whim or something kind of towards his whim um while walking in the garden you probably walk past the same tree like 3 times mm. while going in a straight line ah uh. <clears throat> Well, then, as the music is playing, I dance with him. Wait a second, I'm looking up something. Sure. You can continue describing okay. what you do. Uh, for the most part, it is somewhat cordial and slow with our dance, letting him. At the very least, place his hand around uh, my waist or in my hand. I'm going to roll for his performance, which is plus seven. So let's see what it gets. He has a ten. That's great. Uh, like I said, I have two left feet. I sometimes get the wrong tune, but I still enjoy. Please, lead me. I have no problems taking that. I know it is technically beneath me, but maybe in your culture, women are the one who lead. <laughs> he gives you a knowing look. Uh-huh. Well, since you insist, as I take the lead. And, uh, uh, dancing I'm with him, twirling with him. Um, is this guy, like, taller than me, or no, not really? How tall are you again? 
I believe I'm like 5'6". He is a mixture between a high elf and a half elf. Mm -hmm. uh, so he is three quarters elf. Which, and being a guy, I think he would be taller, taller than you. He's going to be about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, mm -hmm. Depends if he's wearing heels. Uh -huh. you, you you can imagine him wearing heels. <laughs> Though it probably rarely does it. Uh huh. You've seen his closet. Mm hmm. So he goes to start talking about arcane magical abilities. Do you hush him and just let him enjoy the dance? Or do you want him to. Uh, Fill the air with his own voice. Mm. I will uh, rest uh, my head on his shoulders to see how he reacts. He will uh, make a little spot for you to rest and then slightly rest his head on your hair without disturbing it too much and then try to whisper into your ears as you lead mm -hmm. see objects have this innate ability once the weave fixes something material on the physical plane there's a bit of an imprint left and if you keep imprinting on the same object over and over and over again for over a year the object is left no longer the same it becomes starts to gain a form of identity of the the spell that is manifest and the weave just forgets about putting it back as it's no longer able to see there's uh, an, uh, a particular ability spell components and arcane that you can do with a tiny servant something that artificers and wizards and other notable people can do cast that on objects you wish to have a bit of life into it and for a period of time for a few hours throughout the day it will act telekinetically to your desires and whims once this period of a year has gone by, it will remember those commands and just act on its own accord. However, this has given me some problem occasionally because there are a number of my figurines mm -hmm. that seem to get up and leave. <laughs> it is quite annoying. Um, as I'm like resting on his like shoulder, can I like hear his heartbeat? Um, can I tell that is he nervous? at all while dancing and talking. Hurts. Hmm. I don't think he's nervous, and yes, you can hear his soft heart. Mm -hmm. You can feel the contrary, his beating heart, every 55 of his heartbeats to one of yours. Hmm. I take my head off him, and I look uh, into Hogtree 
Mm, if I were to bear such a child of yours, I don't, I'm afraid I might not last. As I uh, take his hand and I place it above my breast so that he could feel my heartbeat. Fascinating. <laughs> and to notice, I don't recognize that you breathe until you wish to speak. Too bad you don't want to be experimented on, or I would get to the bottom of that. That is a cool and most intriguing mystery. When did this... No? No? Some things I will let be for yourself. Unless you wish to tell me more about this, you've got my mind now spinning on a mystery that needs to be solved, but I'm willing to put that away. <laughs> if you want. However, considering you are acting perfectly fine, and I was not able to detect you were not breathing, or your heart beating, I feel like you would be fine. But what do you, why do you say that you wouldn't survive childbirth? Oh, simple. Oh. Because of this lack of breathing with the heart, I feel that I might not be able to survive the strenuous uh, uh, act of childbirth whether it be delivering nor could I say nor could I guarantee that this same condition that I have would not be afflicted by said child childbirth once you get to this level of power is uh, mundane if anything I could open a gate inside your womb without hurting the you or the child and have it fall right out into your arms a matter of precision Hmm, fascinating. That was an experiment that I did almost 43 years ago now. I have yet to do it since, but if you're willing to wait, of course, you will have to come to term. I can always find, um, volunteers to practice on. Uh-huh. I'm sure the mother would appreciate it. <laughs> That would be most appreciative. However, your child having the same defect, which, by the way, I highly doubt that this is a defect. This has a form of power of uh, almost a counter tune. It is the beat in between the tunes. The absence. Mm. This is done deliberately through something or not genetic. Mm -hmm. The spell is still on you. Look yeah. into your heart and what do you see? What do you see through you that could possibly be causing it? Uh, I look down. And mm. you can kind of see through yourself. It's kind of odd. You can see your clothes. You can see your skin as if you were naked. You can now see your flesh. And now you can see your bones. And you can see your organs. It's like having this weird choosing x-ray. And as you focus on your heart, there's these black tendrils with 
uh, spines and thorns that are wrapping around your heart and spreading slowly to other parts of your body like your arms and your mind. They're very thin, but every time your heart would like to beat, it constrains a little bit and puts pressure on your heart. But every now and then it relaxes and lets you uh, beat your heart again and then continues. You can see your lungs being filled with nothing. They're almost collapsed. But when you go to speak, the thorns contract, letting release your lungs, and then fills up and then depletes into its another normal resting space. And then inside, in between your heart and between your lungs, there is a seed. Mm-hmm. The seed. That appears into nowhere. It is just void. Oh. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. It appears that there is some sort of parasitic-like thing wrapping around my heart. Most parasites are symbiotic, except for the ones that try to kill us. Are you sure it's not mutually beneficial, or is this something trying to kill you? I could see for myself, but fear that would be a breach of your personal sovereignty. Hmm. I don't know yet. Though, if I had to take a gander, um, at it. It would probably be symbiotic, provided I do certain things. Because you have me at a bit of a disadvantage with your proposal. The old drow habits of mine can constantly tell me quietly that I should kill you just for even laying your hand on me. Should lay two hands on you, so that way you can give me even more attention. Mm -hmm. And this thing tells me to kill you because you are a monster. Mm. Fascinating. It speaks to you. Why do I feel like that's important? I just can't remember. Now then, with that being said, 
are you sure you would want uh, me to have such a child of yours? Considering what we are and that typically most of my kind are widowers. I'm aware of that. However, <laughs> my unique adept skills of, of the arcane. See, at the age of three, I was already casting spells. I was already a first-year graduate by the time I was five. I started, of course, that's because I am my father's son, and he is quite a genius and has passed it on to me. And I would like to pass it on to the enemy of my captors. I am incredibly remarkable, just like my father, and any children I would have would also be extremely remarkable. It is almost like a pure line from the arcane. In fact, my father's name is, after all, Arcanium, and his twin brother, Arcanum. Do I remember those names and faces to when we were at the council? Yeah. Um, it would have been the o o uh, left-hand man of the king. Uh-huh. And first seat. Okay. It's been passed down into me, and I can pass it down into our child. And they could rule for, well, at least a millennium. Due to the fact that Obviously, my experimentations with necromancy and longevity, I'm on the cusp of understanding immortality. I only need another 20 or so years, and I may have that down. And I'm sure the nobles will spill blood and gold for it. I will have to spill their blood and take their gold, and then spill the blood of those who are beneath them and those who are beneath them to get it. It is going to be a very dark art. It is one of the reasons I can only suspect why the king and his ancestors outlawed it, as immortality is clearly necromantic, but also deals with almost every other school of magic, abjuration and transmutation, divinity, and so much more, including Schools that have yet to have a name placed on them. Mm -hmm. The school of... of time, or chronomancy, or... to be able to no longer be influenced by the turnings... outside of reality, maybe, while still being able to influence it. There is... A number of sacrifices, but well worth it. Imagine that every time you die, in the morning you wake up in your bed. Unaffected, but retaining all of your memories. And your children. And your lover. 
and your generals, and your spy master, and your servants. Your enemies could even get this blessing. So you could torture them for all eternity. That is what the cusp of my research could do. And he gets on his knee, and it could be yours. Uh, while he's saying that, the uh, the in the back of my mind, I'm only thinking of one thing. Fuck, Gil. It's fucking Gilly. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh. Hmm. You offer so much to me. You would offer me everything you have and more, wouldn't you? Near enough everything. One does not know the limits of their own willingness until they are confronted with a decision of loss. At the moment, yes, I'd be willing to offer you everything and more. But I'm sure there is a breaking point that even I would not be willing to tolerate. <laughs> Betrayal? Sure, if I'm weak and deserving and fall for any traps. But hopefully after some time, you would come to trust me. And I would even expect after a thousand years an occasional assassin to be sent against me, hired by yourself, just to prove how much you love me, to know that I could handle myself, and then if I failed, then I wasn't deserving for your love. I can understand that mentality and that culture. It makes sense to me. Are you sure you are not of the drow? I am not sure that I'm not. <laughs> if I were to take you up on your offer, the most generously offer indeed, there are some things that I need. Well, with sweet legs like that, what could they, what could I possibly uh, deny you? One, I need to know what is in inside of me. And whether it does to seek me harm or to merely be a part of me. Two, if you're truly desired for freedom outside of these walls of yours, then you best bet would to be make a contact with Rochelle. I could provide such contract. I'm sure with your power, status, and money, you could easily acquire Sungwood and Red Song Wood from the Elven for a sapling from the Elven Forests of Nashama. And have it delivered to her, wouldn't you? He will stand back up, put his hand to his ear, make an arrangement for purchases to be sent to my estates located in 
uh, and make sure they mess up the location in order to uh, kill Salam. New message. <laughs> Have them buy two sets of Sungwood and two sets of Redwood sent to my estates at the wrong location. Have the money be transferred. Done. Now for their first request, I'm oh so eager to understand more of it. How do you communicate with it? And was there any other requirements? The first one, I communicated it two ways. One, uh, in the midst of my dreams, in deep meditation, and two, just quite recently through your little demonstration of power. You are near death? Yes. So a entity like a god. For those are very few in between that could do such a thing. Yes. What alignment would you say that this would be, this entity? Is it the goddess Jaloth speaking to you? Or... I'd say it is something, if not just as old, older. You have me very curious. I knew that I had picked the right person. So, you want to understand it. I could always keep killing you and bringing you back. Or mm -hmm. I could... You could. Wipe you out so tiredly <laughs> that after a night in the bedroom that you wouldn't wake up from your meditation for a expended period of time. Mm -hmm. Now then, the l two other requests... Since you were so eagerly to hand over everything to me and my child, or rather your child, I should say. It will be our child and your daughter. Mm hmm However, you should know of my previous family name of Coloran. You're a smart lad. That you know there are only two reasons that a drow that a drow would ever be spotted on the surface. You already know that I'm not a spy, so I must be an outcast. And aren't I also an outcast of my own society, harboring? wanted criminals in my dungeon and creating my own religious sect amongst the thumb of my oppressor taking coin from them mm -hmm. I have no problems with this and it can be dealt with easily like I said weakness is cold out of your race if you survived the surface, I'm sure that 
you're quite adept at surviving an encounter with your own kind, should it come to that. And if it comes to that, then it would only be proper to eliminate them, as they are weak and unable to fight and survive on the surface. Mm -hmm. Of course, they could always be subjected into the your own Colorin house, renouncing their name and take up servitude. That is, of course, how your kind does business. Of course. Though, because of my name, it is that of, it is an old nobility house. So, if they have any, if this is, if the kingdom that I wear, I hailed from, has any inkling to suspect that even one member is alive, they will do their best to eliminate that name and burn it from all existence. And you want my protection? I only want the protection for the child. And as you say the word child, or the child, your heart beats really heavily. You start to sweat just a little bit. And that voice in your mind says, accept my gift. And then as you go to say your next demand, you again say, accept my gift. If you want to say it out loud, that'd be great. Accept my gift. Accept my gift. <laughs> I'm sorry, what gift am I accepting? Mm. When you were saying earlier that you could put me to near death and then bring me back, I don't think that might be a good idea. Assume you might not bring back me, as it were, or rather something else. So, we have a long and fun night together in which you will sleep comfortably in my arms, having a chit-chat with an entity greater than any recorded... Well, until we know more, at least. Now then, the last few demands are that I request uh, a, a few armaments, better, better gear, and then I make another little selfish request as to Though I did, though I have, though I have lived along the surface these many, many years of mine, I would like to be able to feel the sun gaze on me without having to uh, suffer for any of its negligible effects. Interesting. Find an herbalist that you can trust. Have them bring me a sunflower. East of Sh uh, Shel Shalom, 
was the last known um, whereabouts. It was nearly 39 years ago. It's a rather mm. rare herb. Get that to me. Bring this herbalist. And between the two of us, or how, yes, between the two of us, I'm sure I can create a potion that can negate the sun's effect on you. You're going to be looking for, like I said, the sunflower. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll remember such a pretty flower. It will glow, according to accounts, in the sun, sparkle, and when in the shade, will not, but make a soft uh, tinkling sound, as if running water were nearby. Mm. Very good stuff to note down. Now then... It's like you're the first person to ask that request, except for you're not. Oh, yeah. No shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> I um, have nothing ready to go already. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if I'm going to go in deep with this guy, we're, we're going in, you know, uh, deep with deep into his pockets to get everything we can. <laughs> I mean, he uh, is wealthy. Yeah. Um. He bought you eight trees without hesitation. I thought it was four trees, two of each. Sorry, yes, two, two of each, yeah. He bought you two of each. Uh-huh. And as for um, the um, as for the armaments, I request I request more silver long swords. And then Do this for me, and I will, and I will bear you, and I will allow you to bear your seed into me, but on one condition, on the night of a full moon. We will only have to wait another 16 days. That being said... I wish to partake of the fruit before that day. I don't have to put my seed in you, but <laughs> those are also my demands. And he'll walk over. You're done dancing at this point. Yes. He'll walk over to a door and he'll open it and then close it and then open it again and then close it and then open it again. And inside you can see a litter of supplies. Mm hmm. In here are equipment from fallen adventurers. Uh, you are welcome to take your pickings if you would like. Once I fulfill the agreement on the 16th day, you can take it as a gift of an endowment gift or a dowry. And if those things aren't to your liking, I have a few other more uh, elaborately hidden trinkets. And of course, in a few days when, again, your friends 
who aren't your friends that nobly come busting down my door. Should you go and find anything throughout my house, you're welcome to take that too. I might just leave a few things out for you guys. Because this just got very, very intriguing. I'm very much looking forward to it. And he'll reach over into the pile. Like He'll walk in, go and grab a crystal ball, come back to you and whisper into it, and it will shown. Uh, your group uh, reading the note that was left at the table. At this moment, you can see your friends. I'm sorry, your... Comrades. Comrades. Are beginning to fret about your whereabouts. That knife that that uh, elf took will now allow me to scry on them indefinitely, for the most part. What elf? Oh, you know her as Lily. I know her as a different name. Mm, I try my best not to, like, have a certain confusion on my face. If I had to take a guess, it would probably be relate to uh, Lily's past. Mm. Unfortunately, I cannot help her. She's not interesting enough. Uh -huh. He'll stick his tongue in between his teeth, kind of like thinking really, really hard. And make a scrunched up face and smooth it back out. However, that was quite a wonderful dance, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, so, do you want to keep role-playing this? I have um, only one last thing left on my notes. And that's you talking to uh, the entity. Yeah. Um, the last uh, thing that I would make would be a request to bathe before him even uh, uh, having a little taste of the oh-so-forbidden fruit. Would you like to bathe <laughs> in zero gravity? That is very interesting as a concept, but sure, why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. He'll take you upstairs and you'll meandering around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he'll eventually get you into this chamber. And he'll put his hand on a rune in which then you start to float up. Uh, and then a line of Kenku with uh, water. And he'll touch the water and it becomes steaming. And he will uh, then put the water... Uh, kind of like a pizza oven type thing. He'll put it on uh, like a giant spatula and slide it underneath you and the water will start to uh, surround you and become misty. He's like, I'm assuming you don't want me to watch. So, enjoy this gift. And he will finish warming up all the water and the Kenku, which, mm -hmm. again, don't leave your side regardless of what you look like. 
Uh-huh. If you want them to bathe you, they will. If you want to lather yourself up, they will. Uh, but at least a minimum of one will stay with you. Uh-huh. But yeah, you're in effectively a zero-G or a very low tolerance of gravity and free-floating around. Well, in the meantime, I'm trying to keep my dress more or less down or perspective, wherever my perspective of down is. You could um, want the two go to the roof and then stand upside down from his perspective and that way, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. All he would be able to get to see is some cleavage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I'll just like float off to the side a bit and uh, wait for him to leave and I will rather lather myself up uh, but I will at the very least ask tell one of the Kenku to like or like gesturing with my finger to like turn around uh, they will not mm. what about is there like a um cloth that I could like uh like wrap that could like divide us that that way they cannot exactly quote unquote you know see me but like a divide where like maybe they'll see my silhouette you can make the room steamy enough to make it that way and this room is almost completely barren other than a pole off to the side of one of the walls that allows you to adjust where you are. Uh, and the pole also is adjacent to a number of runes. Mm -hmm. One of the runes currently glowing. A uh, soft uh, violet. So, yeah, you can get enough hot water to all right cool yeah <laughs> yeah so i will do that and i will lather myself up one of the kankus again in octree's voice lavender rosemary or hazel hazel well and then we'll get a hazel uh, soap bar and uh get it all nice and hot and send it your direction all right yeah, so at the very least, I will um, lather myself up, wash myself, um, scrubbing off all the adventuring uh, scent off me, and um, ask for like a robe or a nightgown, something, uh, to cover myself up with. Anything you ask for will be provided. Okay. And I do um, leave the dress and the mask behind as I um, ask to be escorted. I'm assuming over to his room. Okay, and you get escorted. feeling somewhat comfortable knowing that pretty much anyone that all his guests are 
not here and all his servants seeing that they're mostly kenku wouldn't be able to speak of my existence without like knowing what word to say so after the night's festivities as i'm skipping that particular part this is after all explicit content however uh you've instructed me that you don't want to get into that and that's perfectly fine viewers can use their imagination he's a powerful wizard and sorcerer and has access to a lot of different spells and seeing how he likes to do things uses arcane abilities uh, in sexual manners and seems to be quite good at it while you are asleep or resting from that period in front of you is two paths one being almost dominated by the other. The longer you think to choose, the path that leads to nowhere, to emptiness and the void beyond, is consuming the path to meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm. It seems I'm running out of time to make my decision. Um, if he's able to, like, hear me during my meditation since I am in his room. If I could possibly mutter out that. Um, but yeah, I will choose, um, I would like to speak with the entity one more time to see if um, it can convince me otherwise to let it stay. As you enter, you hear the voice immediately. Don't let him touch us. Please, for the sake of creation and its own destruction, by my own power, don't let him touch us. Are you afraid? As you are saying that, you feel this sensation over you. Oh, no. No, not again. Damn you, father. And then you feel something inside you, your heart beating in this place where you don't feel anything. Once before, and once again, time and time, as always and forever. This is a place outside of time, outside of reality, right outside of existence. And I am the god of it. And that man brought me into your world, and is doing so once again, and has done so. Congratulations, sibling. You're about to have a daughter. I hope I don't hate you just as much as I hate my previous mother. I do not forsake the mother. I, or rather, I do forsake the mother loath as I have forsaken my own mother who would graciously condemn me to death.
for not choosing to worship love. We have allies, the two of us, and we are in agreement. And do you wish to accept my gift? I can give you the powers of divinity. I can give you a trickle of myself. And when I come into your existence, becoming made flesh once again, I can give you even more. However, do note that my very concept, made flesh, the child's hosted body will be consumed and will require constant care and attention as it will not ever heal properly. That being said, I can still give you many things. And I will send you my way, or your way, our way. Gosh, I have to think about this again. A cleric of our teaching, of my domain, the domain of me, of the void and nothing, and the forgotten gods that I have consumed and accepted. In exchange, I want you to escort my physical self and, with your aid, kill Jaloth. And for you not to take her place. Then, if you wish for more, we can always make an agreement and barter before and after the deed is done. I'm always willing to make an exchange and give gifts. Hmm. What I ask for, what you ask for of protecting your new vessel, as it were. Whether it was your soul or a new soul, it would have been protected regardless. Now then, as for taking up arms against Loth, tis mighty, it is a mighty task. One that I would take. But what I ask is that I do not want to take her place. Not to rule, not to rule in fear or corruption and treasoning against one another of my kind, of my people. I want a new rule, a new order. So you wish to overthrow, take her portfolio, discard it so other gods can take it, then take a new location, a new throne, and become a new deity? A Ceres of a sorts? Yeah. I will take the new I will take the new de a new title, a new name, if I must. Also that my people can no longer cower and hide in Loth's shadow, only to worship her for their own safety and survival. I want them to be able to explore the very moonlight, to be able to step out into the sun with ease and pleasure. Don't get me wrong, sibling. I don't care what you want. That sounds very grand. 
and you can have it. However, those who keep me prisoner will not let you. They will try, oh, so very hard, not to let you. And I'm not talking about the other gods. Sure, Jaloth will be against you. And maybe every other god. But those who even subjugate the gods will be after you. Because they want time and time again to repeat. And to distract your minds. Forever to be in this looping cycle. To keep me in my prison. And should you break this pattern to let the drow, the children of Jaloth, to be free to have a new cycle, you will ultimately change the pattern of reality itself. Your consequences, should you fail, will go on lasting far greater than you could possibly imagine. But should you exceed and overthrow not just Jaloth, with your new divinity powers, do what you wish. But you're going to also have to fight for your existence and your survival to not be snuffed out and forgotten into the throes of history. And you're going to need to go fight and destroy the record keepers of itself. You're going to have to pair be prepared for a fight uncomprehensible as reality itself will be unfolded and unraveled. Do you accept my gifts? You speak that I have to fight for everything that I have. The way I see it, I've already been doing that since the day I was born. Since a child, having to forego Loth's teachings, being beaten over and over again by my own kin, by my own blood, for not accepting her truth and her words, to escaping, to be thrown into a world where my kind is seen as nothing more than monsters. I have seen that story a hundred times, a hundred times infinite. I'm aware. So, put it frankly, I don't care. It should be easy for you. Just say the words. Just accept my gifts. Or don't. I don't have time for this, even though I'm outside of time. But now that I'm inside you, inside your womb, I'm now bounded by time, and I don't have time for it now. I will break these chains that are binds me, and those that bind you. However, however this turns out, I will accept. As I take out my hand as an offering of, like, suggestion. And a image of pure emptiness 
will grab your hand, and coalesce and grab your hand into the image of what will soon be your child. Then, Mother, we have an accord. And that's where we're going to leave off for this bonus episode. What did you think? Holy crap. Fuck. <laughs> I've learned so much crap to tell everybody else when we get back. <laughs> At the same time, like, um, um, like, I know that we've been, uh, talking, uh, smack about, um, or, well, talking about, you know, your, um, uh, uh, what is it, the subclass that she's offering? Yep. However, I, even though it's divine magic, I want to channel it not into divine sorcery, but to divine paladin. Okay. I, um, like, I'm, like, I like the idea of being a sorcerer, but I really would rather be a frontliner paladin. Okay. A bard. So, well, congratulations, you just hit warlock. Except for this particular class doesn't have a warlock class. It is a custom homebrew. We'll get into that. You're welcome to take the paladin frontliner in the name of this creature, but I'm still going to give you some of her benefits because that's what she does. She has this deity, and I'm going to use the word she because, you know, your daughter. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, it used to not have a gender. Now it does. Yep. Will be giving you certain abilities according to her religious beliefs, just like how uh, the Drow believe in Loth, and Loth has this portfolio. She has a, her own portfolio, and your Divine Paladin will be getting a subset of that. But you can multi-class into Paladin as you wish, but you're also going to be getting uh, Warlock shit. No, you're you're probably going to go. You are currently a Bard. You might go Bard, Paladin, and Sorcerer. I think I might be willing to go with that. Okay. I might have to make some changes to it, but congratulations, you just multi-classed. So do I bump my shit to a D, uh, the next D dice, or do I just, or we'll talk about that, not this session, but like throughout the week? Uh, we'll do it throughout the week, but yeah, you leveled up. Uh, okay. Just not in Bard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Yeah, um, but, um, the next time I meet this, the next time I meet, um, uh, Hawktree, I am definitely going to want, uh, to make sure that he, uh, puts down his writing, his child's name of his estates and his affairs. <laughs> uh, what are your, what are your other thoughts? We've been going at this it was was supposed to be this was supposed to be only a fifteen minute uh, Sh uh, talk. Yeah, and it's <laughs> two hours or more, which is great. Uh huh. There's a uh, whole lot of cool things. What what did you expect coming into this, and what did you see just out of the clear blue, just blindside you? Um. Okay. Like I after like you talking in character for Hawktree, I'm like, okay, yeah, he likes Loth and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I can work with that. I can work with him in a sense. Um, I wasn't getting as like bad, creepy vibes of like, oh shit, you know. Um, uh, at the same time, I'm like, oh, right. Now this guy is now also a problem and a threat. Um, but yeah.
My wife came. I was talking about, and I mentioned the word hawk tree, and she became super giddy. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? Like now, now that you understand, he's actually pretty cool, decent, and can be an ally or a weapon against you. And from what you've decided, he wants to be your ally. He wants to be my ally, and I want to use him as a tool as much as I can before I put him out. Before I put him out. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then the deity that you made a pact with, your child, that whole scene, any takes on that? Any mm. foreshadowing you want to guess? Uh, aside from the fact that, like, I am um, uh, very interested into, like, what this child is and, like, um... I'm assuming, like, I get free roam of, like, hey, you get to name it this and describe, you know, this and this, but, um, like, um, do, uh, does it have, like, is it going to constantly be, like, the entity's personality constantly, uh, speaking, or is it going to be, like, it's still gonna have a child, uh, personality or a new personality, it's just that occasionally the entity will talk through it. You're going to have to play more to find out. That's but season two. Questions. Yes, in season two. That's season two. Damn it, we're only in season one. Yes, the 14th hour. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so what you're telling me is that we're not benching this. This Damn it. I wish we could bench through this. <laughs> Seriously, every week I'm just like, man, I want to play D&D. <laughs> oh, I have been building this campaign. I bring this up on a regular basis, but I can't stress it enough. I've been building this campaign since 2008, nine, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Constantly replaying over and over and over again. And the decisions players have made have drastically changed the world. Either the physical landscape to the social dynamic. The fact that uh, Shell Shalom has a swamp next to it was a direct uh, effect because of a player who decided to flood the entire material plane. Now there's uh, a after thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. completely gone away. And if you can pull off killing Jayloth, who previously was one of my players, who killed Loth, took her place, you can become a new god of your, like yourself and write and change the, the whole story of of the drow. In the next time I run this campaign, Drow might be the new High Elves, and a completely different race might be the enemy. Mm -hmm. The I'm super ecstatic because very rarely do I get game-changing lore ready to go, and this is why I can't play myself because I can't make these decisions. You guys have to. I can only throw you breadcrumbs and see mm. where you can take. Yeah. Uh, fudge. Um, so much prepared, and I'm yeah. looking forward to the following seasons. But for the time, I mean, we need to focus yeah. on season one, which is yeah. stopping Jayloth and her children, the children of Loth. Oh, spoiler alert! Fuck. <laughs> it's the name of the freaking uh, season. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, um. As for that, um, holy crap, um, 
Like I kind of figured like like as like like the thirteenth hour would have been like dropping down and like it'd still be, you know, lolf. That's what I was thinking is that the as the number went down, like we'd get closer and closer to aka fighting wall. Uh, this is just a little bit of a for the viewers and myself and for anybody who's listening. Uh, we're starting at the thirteenth hour because it's the first hour. If you go to the twelfth hour, it's zero. It's the zero zero mark. We're past the zero zero mark. We're on the first hour. The fourteenth mm -hmm. hour will be the equivalent to a two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. Uh, okay. So the gotcha. thirteenth hour is effectively me saying, "Welcome to season one." Uh huh. Because it's the, the number one on a clock. It's just noon, not midnight. It's noon, past mm -hmm. one. Mm hmm. So this is when the sun is all shiny. Once we start getting into the the darker hours of the clock and time, the series is going to take a turn for a twist. And uh, if you already think this series is already pretty messed up as it is, wait until later. Uh-huh. Although I have to say, like, uh, for Corrin, like, uh, pretty much, you know, agreeing to sell for uh, quote-unquote virginity... I don't, I don't think that was all too bad. And sure, I might get plastered for this, but hey, we talked about this way in advance and discussed different scenarios of how you would be comfortable as a player. And plus, I want to push your guys' experiences to the limit. If you're uncomfortable, then I'm doing my job. If I find a loved one and I can murder them because you didn't protect them, I did my job. You need to know that the stakes are real. Oh yeah, I know. I know that uh, anytime uh, Corrin's quote-unquote parents could be dead if they're not here and in captivity. or And now I have something along the way come a few months down the line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To worry so we'll, about. <laughs> we'll pick up next week or tomorrow for, for us. Yeah. Alright, give uh, me a sign off unless there's anything else you want to speak about. Uh good night. Uh sleep dreams. Maybe you should listen to the voice that's talking to your head uh late at night. Maybe not. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>